Welcome to Biteside. I'm Seamus Byrne. This is a show about technology and digital culture and its influence on the future of society. And this week I'm speaking to an Australian who has made a fantastic impact on the world stage, Siobhan Reddy. She's the studio director of Media Molecule. Uh, One of the big studios that makes games for PlayStation, they made the classic Little Big Planet games, uh, along with a whole bunch of other really great titles. And of course, Dreams has been one of their really big titles that has opened up all sorts of creative possibilities for PlayStation users. So we're catching up just as Dreams is launching a really big update called Dream Shaping 2.0. It includes huge new tutorials, a big increase in the usability of wanting to make cool things within Dreams. So I talked to Siobhan about the nature of giving people tools to make games with and also the importance of the idea of community through these sorts of games over the past two years. Uh, As I kick things off, we even point out the fact that last time we spoke was immediately before COVID started to impact on the world. So we talk a little bit about that and we talk about the nature of the industry today, how things have been changing. And Siobhan is always great, uh, full of fantastic insights on what's been going on. So let's dive in. Siobhan Reddy from Media Molecule. So Siobhan, I actually checked and... When we last did an interview, it was February yeah. 2020. So it was oh, yeah. literally the month before all of the Whoa. crazy times began. Do you know what that, that feels like? It was literally about a decade ago. It does. <laughs> um, I remember you went into, I think, the studio early one morning and we're like, and we were doing a video link thing and it was all a bit tricky and fussy at the time. But, you know. That was uh, here. We are. Yeah, it was. Yeah, exactly. Because we, we didn't have teams. Well, yeah. I mean, right. It's almost like actually that was just before we all got really good at doing video calls. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know, we'd better do that. No sweat. But like, yeah, that's right. We had all that. We were. Do- what were we doing it on? Was it a PlayStation? Um, I think it was just that sort of early, you know, early stage looking at dreams and what was going on and how things had been going. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Oh well, that is quite mad, isn't it? I, I'm actually really surprised it was that. Um, I kept meaning to look it up today, but like that, I'm I'm I wouldn't have been surprised if you actually said to me that was yeah. 2015. <laughs> 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 um, but I guess you know, with that in mind, I'm like, so I'd love to hear, you know, because I feel like Media Molecules always stood out as being a really creative, collaborative studio. Um, you know, so how. Did this past couple of years impact on, you know, both, I guess, you know, the way in which you operate and and I guess trying to, you know, learn the new ways of doing this kind of work together in the way that you do? Yeah, I mean, I have to say it's actually, it's been, if someone, if you had asked me then in February 2020, like, how do you imagine you could work as a fully remote studio? I probably would have been like, what? Like, that sounds uh crazy yeah but actually we we adapted really well and i think that you know i think it was a 
really great testament to the team that like they just you know I think we all we kind of all had to didn't we it's like we get to that point where and there was so much going on and like you know and I think the team basically just adapted and we were making the PSVR update at that stage so up until about probably July I think it was we were quite we were focused on that we had a clear focus and a clear thing to be doing and so that kind of really helped as well I think that you know had we been at the beginning of idea generation on a new update for dreams then it possibly could have been more challenging but we you know we had we had something clear to focus on and in that time like so it's now been yeah like basically what 22 23 uh sorry 19 months pretty much 18 months so like i i think that we we finished work on the 13th of march uh not finished work we were last day in the studio was friday the 13th of march and I remember saying to everybody, you know, see you in two weeks. And, and and you know, anyway, everyone just really adapted really well. And in that time, we've been on a really big recruitment drive. We're growing, growing the studio, which is really exciting. So in that time, we've had all these people that I've not met in person yet, but I've like spent, you know, hours, hundreds of hours talking to you. feel like, I'm, you know, and it's and it sort of really, I think we've all learned a lot from that. We've kind of learned like, you know, we can adapt our working styles. We can still collaborate in, in you know, there's new ways to you do form new ways. We do miss being together. And so, you know, there'll, de- there'll definitely be ways of us working in person over the next 12 months. But yeah, so yeah, it's been very interesting. And I think now at this point, when we're going to come into next year, you know, there'll be another year of learning things as well as we sort of figure out what like hybrid means and that kind of jazz. Yeah. So, I mean, we're, with some of that hiring, were you still hiring with the idea that they need to be, you know, within a certain radius of the studio or did you start to open up more of that idea of what it even means to be a studio? Yeah. 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 I mean, they're all the, they're all, and to be honest, they're all still very live conversations, but yeah, no, I mean, we, um, we have definitely embraced hybrid and, um, we have, we will have a, a multiple ways that people will be working in the studio from now on. And to be honest, though, we always had that. Before this, we operated at, at about um, 20 to 30% of the studio were working very flexibly um, with some people. And we have a studio in Brighton and a satellite studio in Brighton. And we have like desks in London. And some people were working from various parts of the UK. We have one person in Australia. Um, and so like we were, and we, but we had some, you know, some fairly clear structure around how all of that worked. Um, and so, you know, I think that definitely helped us as we moved to getting everybody out of the studio and it will definitely help us as we move back to that kind of finding our new routines and rhythms. Um, so yeah, it's not completely new to us to be able to have that kind of flexibility, but it is work, and it, you know a lot of that work falls on people like producers to make sure that there's all the right communication and you know that kind of thing. So that we're still learning. Like I'd say, there's you know a lot of things that we're still learning about how to actually make things feel fluid and feel as positive, you know, as positive and everything as we want the studio to feel like. Um, but yeah, very interesting. Yeah, you think you know what's what your next couple of years might be like, and then you know. Um, things change and like obviously we've been incredibly lucky and very very well supported by Sony so um, you know we've definitely been de- definitely been um, in a very privileged position there. Mm. Um, so how's the Dreams community evolved over the course of the past two years as well? I mean it's been such a game where it is about you know creating these wonderful virtual spaces and things um, you know and and you're so active in the way that you interface with the community of of people. So I can almost imagine that there'd almost be a bit of an emotional radar attached to you know the community and its journey through this past couple of years as well. 
Yeah, I mean, um, we have uh, evolved the live team quite significantly over the last 12 months. Um, and so Abby Happy was made the director of live uh, ops. And uh, she's been really sort of building a team of um of uh of you know community managers and uh editorial and so one of the big areas there has been um bringing in jen simpkins who is our editorial manager and two curators and i think that um they've actually done a really interesting job of like you know um firstly developing like jen has been sort of publishing the insider and sort of getting to know the creators more so that they have more of a voice to be able to answer those questions more directly themselves and then also in terms of the curation being able to like Really, sort of highlight um, a wider variety of a wide variety of creators within the within the community, um, and then you know they're very big, they're early beginnings of just ways of like being able to sort of to sort of just develop those sorts of different relationships with the with the creator community in particular. I really like that idea of having curators on the team for this because, you know, there's plenty of user-rated content sorts of experiences out there where yeah, there'll be user rating type systems, but you know, that almost becomes self-fulfilling after a while because there's no one whose job it is to go and hunt for the really cool stuff that isn't, you know, uh, being you know, forced up by by voting systems. So, um, yeah, I mean, what's that been like to sort of think, hey, we, we need curators to help us to, yeah, really make the most of this thing? Yeah, it was a really natural decision, like one that we, that you know, that was a kind of no-brainer for us in a, in a way. But probably, you know, I say that in that, like, obviously we're talking about the game like all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Probably after like our hundredth conversation, it was a no-brainer. But like, like, you know, we we were sort of trying to figure out like how to put different types of things in front of people. And um, the algorithms are excellent, but they do need, you know, for us it had been that kind of trying to do the – just have a bit more of a hand-picked approach to it as well like I've always loved it like when you go into like a record shop or a bookshop or something and you can read the little cards which sort of indicate like sort of other staff's picks yeah I just I've always loved that like I like I, I like curators personally as well like I like going to shows art shows that have been you know where you know that, that a great show you've been to has been chosen it's not like the paintings have just all been put up on the wall or Television programming is curation, like, you know, that curation is a is a thing that, you know, surrounds us in many, many ways. Like, you know, the season's fashion, like there's so much about what we experience that is curated that, yeah, for us it was just really important to be able to, you know, be able to sort of be intentional about the content, recognise content, not just rely on things being able to surface to the top because it doesn't always happen. And also then be able to like theme things and, you know, be able to just sort of do some different things with content to be able to bring it back in front of people's attention if it has like dropped off on the on the numbers or something like that. So, yeah, it's been really, really great. And they do a update for the team every week uh, when they're doing the new banners of like all the things that we should be playing. And that's just an excellent thing as well, because it just sort of like it reminds all of us, you know, we we get that moment to kind of see what uh, what they're putting in front of putting in front of people, and we kind of get an opportunity to contribute to that. So, yeah, they've been um, both been both uh, Alistair and Jacob have both been great. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so, yeah, can you give us a, a couple of the other things that are going on? Because I've I've seen a bit of the, the preview of some of the really cool new updates that are coming um, real soon, and especially some of the creative stuff seems really cool. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'm um, a huge uh, fan of the work that's coming, that's about to be released. I'm really looking forward to seeing what impact it has. So, yeah, the two things that are coming, which we sort of put under the banner of, like, the dungeon update, and one is the game A Bat's Tale. It's, like, it's really gorgeous, and um, it's a, a lot of, you know, just a lot of fun. There's a lot of really great creatures and fun levels, and it's just been really good to see a, another small team within Media Molecule make something together. So I'm really looking forward to seeing people's reactions to that. Um, and then also on the dream-shaping side, um what I really love about this new update here is like, obviously, when you're teaching people how to use a new tool, it can be quite hard because you've got to learn about education, you know, and we've, we're learning a lot about, we've learned a lot about education, but we're still learning. And so um, the tutorials that we currently have in the game are, are sort of really like the fundamentals and sort of teach you very much about how things work. But what these new ones, these new dream shaping templates do is they give you more, they give you basically game genre templates to be able to then build on top of that and build your own game experiences. And um, there's obviously a dungeon one to go alongside the dungeon update, but then there's also, um, I'm just checking what ended up in making in the uh, side goal and shoot them up. And then a mini golf one, which is exciting. Yeah. So, you know, I feel like we're going to see quite a bit of, you know, what would, it's just going to be fascinating to see like how, what people do with them. And I'm really excited by that. Well, like one thing that hits me, and I definitely want to dig into the education bit a bit more, but it also sort of strikes me is what does it mean at this stage in, you know, the game dev world to be making something that keeps kind of giving really big, juicy, exciting updates, but, you know, you're not like demanding people keep getting their wallets out. You're just like supporting an awesome community of people doing cool stuff. Well, thank you. That's very nice of you to say. I mean, it's, it's, I think, you know, we're still building and we're still learning and, um, you know, our, our community are amazing. Like they've really just been great. And I think that what I see that we've been doing with them over the last couple of years is just really learning from them how they interact and participate with dreams and what things they, uh, what they can do with it, what they want. And, you know, and it's, it's definitely, you know, we're still, still, I'd say we're still definitely in that like test, learn, figure things out, build it, you know, kind of mode. And that's been partly as well, like alongside that is like the growing the studio side so that we're able to do that um, you know, maybe a little more quickly than we have have done. Um, but that's sort of our, you know, that's basically sort of our approach. And, you know, at this stage, like we're still expanding on the project, you know, and they are very much a part of that journey with us. The template system attached to these, you know, the new dream shaping tools, I feel like that, you know, having seen a couple of video clips of how they work, it really does strike me as something that, you know, in a direct sense, yep, it's going to help you learn how to make some cool stuff in dreams. But in some ways it does, you know, my kids have played around with, you know, scratch and things like that over the years. And you can kind of see that by having something that's so directly is like, here's a thing and here's how you pull the thing apart and turn it into a new thing really does seem like it's going to be a great tool for people to get off the starting blocks and actually just go, oh, I can make things. Well, that's great. Yeah, that, I mean, I, that's the that's the hope. I think that the you know the because um, it's like everyone learns differently. You know, like some people are completely unafraid of the blank canvas and just want to like you know tinker. Like I, I sometimes you know you listen. To, I listen to podcasts of people who are like 
messing around with computers back before um, anyone really knew what to do with them and they would just mess around with them. And there's people who are really, that's what they do. They like figure out like, I don't know what I'm doing. It's totally blank, but I'm going to figure it out. And then there are other people and I fall into this camp definitely where it's more like I just need some, I'd like some constraints or some, at least a a starting point so that I, I don't like get overwhelmed by possibilities and I've got some focus and I think um you know and then like with something like Little Big Planet like we really learned with LBP that people and I actually learned this with burnout as well like you learn that people really we all sort of want to be able to look to a time poor we want to be able to sort of pick things up and like be able to make our mark on it um, and all of these things sort of all come into play when we're thinking about designs for things like this of just like, okay, well, with this system, this system is very much about like dream shaping about like, okay, let's make it more pick up and play. Let's look at uh, some of the things that we've learned from LBP and sort of really, you know, put it in front of people in a way that allows them to kind of not have to worry about the fundamentals so much, but they can just worry about what they want to do with it. You know, like, and I think that's the, the big difference is that, like, some people start from the blank and they figure it out and other people start from a, a bit more of a foundation and then do their own thing. All of it can end up with people doing their own wild ideas, um, but it's just that different starting points that we all have. And so, yeah, this 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 for me, is, I'm really looking forward to seeing, like, who it brings to the who it brings to the creation process and who it helps to unlock that, that those steps for. Because, you know, there's there's a, that that's always really exciting to sort of see new creators or new players come to the platform. Is there because I've noticed as well that in the you know, that the way some of the new curation stuff is going to work, that it'll hi- be able to highlight things like, you know, sort of animators or like, di- you know, like different kinds of people. People who are involved with the creative side of things. From what you're just saying there, it sort of hits me that probably the largest portion of people who enjoy dreams just enjoy exploring stuff and playing stuff. I guess it's a good point there that some of those people might suddenly be like, oh, actually, I could test this out. <laughs> yeah, I hope. Yeah, exactly. I think that um, uh, we, yeah, it's about um, the, the whole point when we started to build this new dream shaping was about looking at um how we could um bring on uh yeah and and and, 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 like bring on um creators who just sort of wanted that different starting point and so I'm just really you know and it's not about like not everybody who comes to dreams needs to create like it's okay to just play like that's okay (laughs) like you know I spend a large amount of my time just playing in dreams I'm always busy there's always so much to play so that that is you know that is 100% okay but I think that you know for people who want to create it's just it really is great that we can find different ways to be able to give people a starting point so that then they can go on to make the thing that you know that they they're desperate to make and you know that might be like some mad dungeon crawler horror uh golf game uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> i want to play know. that i mean me too actually as i've said it i'm like that sounds really cool uh, but that's you know that's the sort of um let's see that's that, that's what these things should yeah. about you have six parts to escape the house so yeah i'm gonna have to go make I mean, that you've got it that's it that's the elevator pitch <laughs> Um, do you remember what the first tools were you used when you were first starting out? Uh, well, it would have been film for me to begin with, and that yeah, would have yep. been, uh, I think it was like Media 100 or something. Oh, my God. Yeah, I remember <laughs> being forced to use that. <laughs> yeah, Media 100. I think that was, but it was like amazing at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a whole different yeah. thing. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's yeah. that. Uh, but I always remember the cool kids next door had access to Avid and I didn't. Oh, 
<laughs> yeah, my school does not have avid. <laughs> um, yeah, but then I mean, yeah, I mean, I've, I've I came up through production, so I was always, you know, Excel and post notes and um, more playing the game than using um, tools. Other than when I was doing localization, and I can't remember what I would have used. Probably some. Thing. Don't Probably really good at pivot tables, though. I'm look. I'm not. I don't really use a lot of pivot tables, but I am really very good. I'm Kate and I were chatting about this yesterday. I we both love a spreadsheet, and like you know, for me, it's about like a lot of the time in production. What you're got to be able to do is just take a lot of complex information and be able to parse it in a format that is just words, you know, like, and uh, it's not as exciting for the rest of the team. But for those of us who are sort of thinking about like, literally, just what is the status of everything, we need a spreadsheet, and we need colors, and we need tabs. And yep. um, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. those things, um, make it visual as efficient. Yeah, yeah so that make as visual as spot things at a glance. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, lots of uh, yeah, <laughs> lots of spreadsheets in my time. Like conditional color formatting stuff. Oh yeah, look, I am. Yeah. I have very. I'm very particular about my colors. One last thought. It really does feel like you. Know, so I have a you know, 13 year old daughter at the moment. She's just made this like wildly cool scratch game that blew my mind because I got told to make a platformer, and then she went and I'm gonna like put a story into it, and I'm gonna do all the art, and I'm gonna do and it was and like and she put combat in it and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, I didn't even know scratch could kind of quite go that deep. But now I'm like, I'm gonna throw her at dreams because oh, cool. like now go play with another cool tool and see yeah, what you can hey. do with this. Yeah, it really sort of hits me again. You know, she's in that zone where I'm like, which way does it go when you've got like annoying people nearby who are like, what are you doing making games? You know, how have you sort of seen, you know, over time things get better along that side or that how that balance is on the whole? Some people just want it enough to make it happen and the whole you can't be what you can't see thing. Thankfully, people like you out there that they can see now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think... Um when you're a teen when you're a teenager and you've got a passion for something and it's not a passion that other people around you share um friends or schools or that kind of thing like I definitely have that like you know and it sort of was things that I think it just made me probably more resolute that I was like you know that those things that I was interested in were my hobbies I was like I was saying to someone the other I was reading my like school report card the other day and <laughs> one of the things in my report was like it's sort of talking about like how focused I was on the things that I loved you know and how really I should be like focused on everything and I was thinking why like you know you know I've, you know so yeah I think the encouragement is like to just sort of keep following your hobbies and your interests you know because it's the people around you are not going to always share those and that's okay like that's completely fine. It doesn't mean your hobby, you know, the interest is wrong. Like, you know, if you love art and people around you don't or you're super into physics and people around you aren't or you're super into something else, like, you know, I think that's the thing. It's one of those rites of passage is to sort of just carry on and just uh, stick it to them. <laughs> that's awesome. I remember my uh, my best school report quote was from Metalwork where the teacher said, Seamus is a pleasant young man who shows no interest in this subject. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the whole comment. And I'm it's like, well, oh, yeah, fair enough. Like, fair he enough. understood. Yeah. Yeah, they're so, they're so like, you know, yeah. So, yeah, it's quite it's quite fascinating to just read back these things sometimes and think, oh, the pressure. I've got to be good at it. can't be good at everything. Can you be good at everything? I mean, some people are good at everything and that is, yeah, that is amazing. <laughs> yeah, lucky for them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Siobhan. Really appreciate your time. 
No problem. It's lovely to see you again. Thanks again to Siobhan Reddy from Media Molecule. As mentioned, there is a really cool new update to Dreams, which is available on PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. Go check that out if you've never looked at it. It really is an amazing creative space for just playing stuff or for creating cool new things. We'll be back with more from Byteside real soon.